You should be standing outside the entrance to the Madang Plaza shopping mall facing the stairs. A red sign for H Mart will be hanging partway down the corridor directly in front of you. Tall bamboo trees are on your right. Oh, and a few quick tips before we start. Detour uses GPS to know where you are, but GPS doesn't always work perfectly. I'll give you clear directions as we walk, but if you ever feel uncertain about which way to go, you can look at the photographs on your screen or use the map to help guide you. If you ever reach a destination and I'm not talking, you can use the skip forward button to tell me you've arrived. Welcome to Koreatown. My name is Alec. I was born here in Los Angeles and I'm a first generation Korean American. My mom, Carol, she grew up in the Gangnam district of Seoul, Korea and immigrated to the United States in the mid 80s. See the ramp ahead surrounded by two sets of stairs? Go ahead and walk up the five steps in front of you and stand at the base of that ramp. Are you there? Good. Take a look at the tile on the ramp. See the long, squiggly line of darker stone that intersects the tile? Imagine, that's the 300-mile-long river that runs right through the middle of Seoul, separating the more populated urban districts to the north from the more rural districts, like my mom's, to the south, the Han River. Korean word Han is also used to describe an anguished feeling of being far from what you want. This Han, a complex mix of sadness and hope, quite accurately conveys the heavy feeling that most Koreans bring with them when immigrating to America. You ask why? Because they're leaving their culture, and oftentimes, their entire family's behind in the quest for a more stable future. Right, Mom? That's right. Hi, my name is Carol Cho. I'm Alex's mom. Koreans have been coming to the United States for more than a century for work, for an education, for marriage. But the Korean population in America really exploded when the Immigration Act of 1965 removed restrictions on family and employment immigration. And the overwhelming majority of Koreans settled right here in Los Angeles with the promise of new American opportunities ahead and a more familiar world of traditional culture in the rear view, many Koreans immigrating to the States arrived here with heavy hearts. Back in 1985, when I was just 13 years old, I was one of them. As a young girl, I had no choice but to adjust to a new home in a new country far away from family and friends. But after settling in LA's Koreatown, Growing up and opening a number of businesses here, I was finally able to create a life for myself that is the perfect blend of old world and new. On this detour, my son and I will explain how I was able to embrace new American opportunities here in Koreatown that provided for my future and my children's future while still honoring my Korean roots. Now, come on. Let's walk up the ramp in front of you toward the round beige wishing wall ahead and stop when you get there. If you have a coin, go ahead and get it out as you walk up the ramp. Here's Alec with more. In 1985, my harmony, that's Korean for grandmother, by the way, she sent my mom and her two siblings to live with their aunt in Orange County, California, so that they can attend an American school. Shipping your kids off to the States was a common thing to do back then because the education system in the United States was superior to what was accessible back in Seoul. Okay, start right here and stand in front of the wishing well. Sure, we have wishing wells in Korea, but tossing a coin into a one while making a wish is not really a Korean tradition. 
but it is one of the things I embraced about American culture upon arriving here. At first, I was excited about the idea of America. In Korea, I watched television shows like The Bionic Woman and The Six Million Dollar Man, even commercials for American cookies, and could only imagine how they tasted. But on the other hand, I was leaving behind all my friends, my family, and the only country I ever knew. And I wasn't sure when or if I would ever be returning to my home. So, when I was that 13-year-old girl stepping off the plane in Los Angeles, without my own mother, no less, my only wish was to go back home to Seoul. I will give you a second to think of your own wish. Then toss a coin in the fountain, and then my son Alec will take you further into the mall. Continue walking the direction you were walking into the open-air atrium at the center of the mall. Make a slight right to head towards Octagonal Central Plaza in the middle of the courtyard. Stop and stand behind the first wooden planter in front of you on the edge of the Central Plaza. The largest Korean population in the United States lives right here in Los Angeles, and this mall was built in LA's Koreatown with Korean culture in mind. But it certainly is Americanized and features restaurants and shops from other Asian countries as well. Now look up to the top floor. See that red cinema sign? That's the entrance to the first U.S. branch of the largest multiplex cinema chain in South Korea, CGV. Before the end of World War II, Japan occupied Korea for a period of 35 years. It was a very restrictive time for the Korean people, yet a more modern Korean society emerged. Under Japanese rule, experiences of mass culture in Korea were encouraged, like going to the cinema. Here's my mom to tell you how a trip to the movies back in Seoul became the inspiration for the first business she opened here in Koreatown. The first cinema ever built in Korea is called Dan Sung Sa, and it was the last movie theater I went to with my best friend, Min Jung Kim, before being sent to live in the United States. We went to see a movie entitled Sunflower starring Sophia Loren. It's a sad movie of loss and missed connections across the miles, which seems appropriate now that I think about it, because just a few weeks later, I hopped the one-way flight to the United States. I cried the entire 11-hour trip, mourning my life back in Korea. The experience of seeing that movie with my best friend in Seoul stayed with me. And more than a decade later, it became a huge inspiration for my very first restaurant, which I named Dan Sungsa after the cinema in Korea. I will tell you more about my restaurant later. It will be the last stop on this tour with the red CGV sign in front of you. Look through the bamboo on your right. See the spoon sign? Walk through the atrium towards it. See the clay pot planters to your right? Stop in front of them and take a look at the two tallest ones. Upon first glance, they may appear to be your standard tall outdoor mall planters, but the two largest ones right in front of you are actually kimchi pots, or in Korean, hangari. Kimchi is a tangy and extremely popular Korean banchan, or side dish, that's made from a combination of cabbage and other produce and spices and vinegar. Traditionally, that mixture is then placed in an earthenware pot just like these, covered with a lid and buried in a hole in the ground to ferment for up to a year's time. Sounds delicious, right? Believe me, it is. And if you're lucky, you might even get to taste a little kimchi before the end of this detour. But right now, we got a lot of ground to cover, so come on. Let's exit this mall the same way we came in. With your back to the planters, turn to your left and head back towards the entrance to the plaza. 
walk past the wooden planters surrounding the central plaza. Up ahead is the wishing well. Continue walking past it until you get back to the street out in front of the mall. 1985, Back to the Future was in the theaters. We Are the World was on the radio. But I knew nothing of all of that. You heard the phrase fish out of water, right? Well, when I landed in Los Angeles, that's exactly how I felt. That's Western Avenue up ahead. When you get to the bottom of the stairs, make a left and keep walking. You should be walking down Western Avenue towards the intersection of 6th Street. The mall will be on your left. You know, living with my aunt in Orange County, the only Koreans I saw at school were my own siblings. I felt isolated, and I missed my mother. Three years later, my mom arrived to the States in 1988 with a business visa and a plan to open a wholesale garment shop in downtown L.A. She searched for a place to live that felt the most like home and settled just a few blocks from here. My family was finally reunited right here in Koreatown. We're at the intersection of Western and Sixth. From here, we want to end up on the corner diagonal from us by the four-story gray building with the rounded corner. So you're going to have to cross both streets in whatever order makes sense with the light. My son Alec will meet you on the opposite corner. You should now be on the opposite corner. I want you to continue down 6th Street with the street to your right. The four-story gray building should be on your left. Coming up on your left, there's going to be a small market. See the 6th and W banner above you about half a block up the street? That sign is hanging above the door to the market. Stop and face the front window when you get to the entrance. All right, you should be in front of 6th Street Kim's Mart right now. You can find anything from electronics to housewares to food in here. That's the beauty of a small Korean-owned market like this. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to head inside to purchase a pen that'll come in handy when we get to the last stop on this detour. But before you make your purchase, take a moment to walk through the aisles and look around. Inside convenience stores in Korea, everything is stacked to the ceiling and crammed onto shelves because space for anything is at a premium. In fact, the state of California is about twice the size of North and South Korea combined. So when it comes to retail space, living space, personal space, and even space on the shelf in a Korean market, it's all about efficiency. If it's the second Sunday of the month, this place will be closed. But if it's open, just inside the front door, a large display of pens should be there on your right. Put me on pause now and head inside and make your purchase. Once you're done, press play and I'll meet you back here on the sidewalk. Got your pen? Okay. With your back to the store, turn left and continue walking along 6th Street in the same direction you were going before. Korean immigrants have been settling in other parts of Los Angeles since the early 1900s. But a man named Hyduck Lee is the reason why Koreatown even exists at all. Mr. Lee opened Olympic Market, a large Korean grocery store just a few blocks from here in 1971. But more about him in a minute. Continue walking in the same direction you were going. We're walking to the end of this block. You should be approaching the intersection of Oxford Avenue. When you have the walk signal, cross Oxford, and I'll meet you on the other side. You should now be on the other side of Oxford. Continue walking on 6th Street in the same direction you were going. 
Following the success of his Korean market, Mr. Lee opened a restaurant called VIP Palace. Now look down at your phone and see a picture of the building today that was once home to Hyduk Lee's restaurant. See the swooping tiled roof? Each piece of traditional giwa, or blue tile, was imported from Korea specifically for the construction of Lee's restaurant. Soon, LA's Korean population started to take up residence on the streets surrounding the restaurant. His successful businesses drew people here, but Hyduk Lee himself was instrumental in getting Koreatown its official designation in 1982. I moved to this neighborhood six years after it had officially become Koreatown. And for the first time since I left my country, I could speak my native language with other Koreans on the street. Soon, I tried incorporating other small reminders of Seoul into my new American life. Eventually, I opened three karaoke lounge, a coffee shop, a video store, and a handful of Korean restaurants. One of my restaurants used to be on this next block. I will point it out when we get there. You should be approaching Serrano Avenue. When you have the walk signal, cross Serrano and continue walking the same direction down 6th Street. I will meet you on the other side. You should be on the other side of Serrano. Continue walking on 6th Street in the same direction you are going. Look to your left. See the cartoon pig smiling down at you? That's the spot where I opened an all-you-can-eat Korean barbecue restaurant in the year 2000. It's changed hands and changed the names, but it's still barbecue restaurant today. Keep walking. You will notice on our detour today that Koreatown is full of all-you-can-eat barbecue restaurants. But that type of restaurant has been Americanized in some ways. Here in America, many all-you-can-eat barbecue restaurants serve panchan. Those small dishes of pickled, Salty or spicy vegetables, meat or dried fish, like it's a course of unlimited appetizers before the main meal. In Korea, banchan is always served with rice alongside the main dish, and everyone takes turns sampling from common bowls throughout the meal. It's also served in odd numbers, because an even number of dishes is considered bad luck. So the next time you sit down to eat at a Korean restaurant, count your banchan. If some place serves you an even number of dishes, send one back. You should be approaching Hobart Boulevard. When you have the walk signal, cross Hobart, and my son Alec will meet you on the other side. You should be on the other side of Hobart. Continue walking on 6th Street in the same direction you were going. You might be wondering why and how many Korean immigrants like my mother were able to go into business for themselves. Between 1970 and 1990, the number of Koreans living in Los Angeles increased by more than 135,000 people. That's a lot of people competing for a limited number of jobs. And unfortunately, language and cultural barriers made assimilating into the American workforce very difficult. For many, the only option was self-employment. Look up, and a little to your right. See the tall skyscraper ahead with the CBB bank sign at the top? Modern Koreatown is full of financial institutions just like that one. But Korean immigrants arriving to the States without a credit history couldn't just walk into any bank and get a business loan. Instead, the community banded together to make entrepreneurship possible through an exclusive ethnic network of raising capital known as GE. Have you ever heard of a GE? Don't worry, many haven't. I'll explain it to you on the next block. You should be approaching Harvard Boulevard. When you have the walk signal, cross Harvard, and I'll meet you on the other side. You should be on the other side of Harvard. 
keep walking in the same direction you were going. Okay, a ge is an informal credit association that dates back to the 16th century Korean villages, when farmers with no access to loans had to figure out how to raise money quickly. So how does it work? Okay, members of a ge contribute a fixed amount monthly, and then each member receives the collective pot on a rotating basis until all members have received it. As each member collects the pot, they then contribute an additional nominal amount on top of their monthly payment, sort of like interest paid to those who receive the pot later in the cycle. I'm not going to make you do the math on this detour, so you're going to have to trust me on this one. As long as everyone in the get keeps up with the payments, they all benefit from receiving a rather large lump sum. Thanks to this kind of access to capital, one in three Korean immigrants operated a small family business in Los Angeles by the early 1990s. You should be approaching the intersection of Kingsley and Sixth. When you have the walk signal, cross Kingsley and I'll meet you on the other side. You should now be on the other side of Kingsley. Keep walking in this direction. In the early 1990s, this neighborhood was prospering. The number of Korean-owned businesses in Koreatown had increased by more than 100% in less than 10 years. But the rapid increase of Korean-owned businesses created tension with non-Korean communities living in this and other nearby neighborhoods. In the earnest pursuit of the American dream, Korean immigrants seemingly ignored the plight of those who weren't afforded the same financial means to start a business in their own neighborhoods. Further complicating things was the fact that Korean business owners often relied on unpaid family labor, thus not increasing employment opportunities for non-Koreans in these neighborhoods. Keep walking until you get to the end of this block. Growing racial tension in this and other nearby neighborhoods hit its peak in the spring of 1992 when a jury acquitted four white police officers from the Los Angeles Police Department of the use of excessive force in the videotaped arrest and beating of a black motorist named Rodney King. You should be approaching the intersection of Ardmore Avenue. When you have the walk signal, cross Ardmore. I'll meet you on the other side. You should be on the other side of Ardmore. Stop here and turn to face the intersection and look diagonally across it. Here's my mom to tell you more. Look across the intersection at the beige two-story building with the star barbecue sign. See the row of tall buildings that rise in the distance above it? The one on the right has a sign at the top for BBC and Bank. See it? On April 29, 1992, riots erupted on the streets of LA, and inside that high-rise building you're looking at is where I volunteered to answer phones for a local radio station. Radio Korea. I will tell you more about what I did inside that building in a minute. Soon after the verdict was read, thousands hit the streets in protest in a primarily African-American neighborhood, about six miles south of where we were standing. What started as acts of protest soon erupted into violence. National news outlets covered early reports of vandalism and physical attacks in south-central Los Angeles and continued reporting as rioting exploded across nearly 50 square miles. But Korean-speaking shop owners couldn't understand what was being reported in English on the national news. I was 20 years old at that time, and oftentimes when you're young, you feel invincible. So, even though most of my friends left town for a few days, I decided to stay in Koreatown and help my neighbors the only way I knew how. I volunteered at the radio station to translate the news and offer support to callers. 
That night, I spoke with many terrified Korean business owners who called to request assistance from the police or advice on what to do should rioters attempt to destroy their businesses. I only volunteered at the radio station for one night because things got pretty intense pretty quickly here in Koreatown. Now, we're going to cross to the other side of 6th Street. See the public council sign on the opposite corner? That's where you're headed. I'll meet you on the other side. You should be on the other side of Ardmore. Turn to your left and walk down 6th. The 1992 L.A. riots lasted for five days. My family was scared. In fact, after the first night, my mom locked us all inside our house. Chaos in the streets was finally brought to an end by tanks full of armed National Guard troops and citywide curfews. When it was all over, many of the places I went with my friends were destroyed. Korean-owned property damage was estimated between $350 and $400 million. After the devastation of the L.A. riots, many Korean merchants stayed and ultimately, Koreatown was rebuilt. In its rebirth, this neighborhood has been able to hold on to the essence of what Koreatown once was, as evidenced by the cluster of mostly Korean businesses in the strip mall across the street to your left, while opening itself up to more modern business concepts like this burger shop here on your right. Fortunately, the transfusion of new blood into this neighborhood hasn't completely washed away relics of the old. You should be approaching Normandy Avenue. When you have the walk signal, cross Normandy, and I'll meet you on the other side. You should be on the other side of Normandy now. Keep walking in this direction. Today's Koreatown offers a robust nightlife of late-night bars and restaurants featuring craft cocktails, karaoke, and a diverse offering of both Korean and non-Korean cuisine. A little later on in this detour, I'll take you to one of my favorite late-night spots to point out how an evening here compares with a night out in Seoul, Korea. But first, my mom and I want to take you someplace many of you probably haven't been before, inside a Korean grocery store. When my mom first arrived in this neighborhood in the late 80s, a limited number of small Korean markets offered traditional Asian delicacies like kimchi, rice wine, or sweet rice porridge. Today, there are more than half a dozen large independent and chain Asian grocery stores to choose from in this neighborhood, and one of them will be coming up in the middle of the next block. Keep walking in this direction. You should be approaching Mariposa Avenue. When you have the walk signal, cross Mariposa and I'll meet you on the other side. You should be on the other side of Mariposa. Continue walking on 6th Street in the same direction you were going. The popular late-night Koreatown hotspot, EMC Seafood, will be on your right. See the row of newspaper stands coming up in the middle of the block on your left? When you get there, stop and stand in front of the row of newspaper stands and turn to face the entrance to the large modern mall that's coming up here on your right. I'll meet you there. Okay, stop here for a moment. Just inside those two giant glass doors is Zion Market, a grocery store that bridges the gap between the old world and the new. It's a modern chain of grocery store within a very modern mall offering traditional Asian delicacies. In a moment, we're going to explore this market together. There will be many food items in here that you may not recognize, but don't worry, you're with us. My mom and I will tell you where to go and what to look for inside. Alright, let's go. Walk straight through the glass doors and into the center of the mall. To your left up high, you will see a Zion Market sign. 
Walk straight back, keeping that sign to your left. As soon as you walk under the escalator, look for a KCAL sign on your right. Walk towards it. When you get to the KCAL's cashier on your right, stop and look to your left. See a woman selling colorful rice dessert cakes at a small stand? Make a left here and walk down the last aisle of the Zion Market just before that small dessert stand. Keep walking down this aisle until you can't walk anymore. Straight ahead should be a display of fruits and vegetables. Make a right here and take a few more steps until you can't go any further. Now make a left and walk to the very back of the produce section. It's usually pretty crowded in here, so you probably have to weave your way past the number of carts and other customers. Don't worry, I'm right here with you. When you get to the end of that aisle, Make a left and find a spot to stand near the middle of the last row of produce that's out of the way of other customers. Facing the back wall, look up and to your right. Do you see a green sign that reads produce there on the back wall? Great, you're in the right place. Take a look at the produce on the far right end of the shelves directly in front of you. Have you ever seen this volume of cabbage and radish and garlic in your local grocery store? Who buys produce in this kind of volume? Koreans. And we use all of this radish and cabbage and garlic to make Korea's national dish, kimchi. Kimchi is serious business to any Korean. In fact, during South Korea's involvement in the Vietnam War, South Korean President Park Chung-hee informed U.S. President Lyndon B. Johnson that kimchi was vitally important to the morale of his troops. Because of that, he requested President Johnson's help to ensure that South Korean soldiers would have access to kimchi while on the battlefield a request to which President Johnson eventually complied. Yes, kimchi is that important to Koreans. Here's my mom to tell you more. I remember my mother and her friends would take turns inviting each other over to make large batches of kimchi together. Even as kids, we were taught the art of preparing kimchi. Every cabbage leaf, slice of radish, or other vegetables got a good coating of spices and vinegar before being piled into hangari pots to sit and ferment for months at a time. Remember the Korean word han? That's used to describe a feeling of being far from what you want. Talking about how kimchi is made fills me with han because it reminds me of my childhood in Seoul. Look to the left of the produce on the same shelves along this wall. See the rows and rows of large jars filled with vegetables sitting in the red liquid? That's what kimchi looks like after it spends up to a year underground inside of those earthenware pots we saw earlier at the mall. I love kimchi, but I don't make it myself like my mother did back in Seoul. Luckily, here in Koreatown, I don't have to. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to put me on pause so that you can taste something from one of the many sample tables set up throughout this market. If it's your lucky day, there may be a woman handing out samples right here in front of the kimchi display. If not, there are other sample tables set up to your left on the other end of the store. Why? Because that's what Korean markets do. Now, pause me and take out your headphones if you're going to grab a sample. When you're done, walk back outside of 6th Street and press play to continue. I'll meet you next to the row of newspaper stands in front of the entrance to the mall.
Okay. With your back to the market, turn to your right and walk towards the intersection of 6th and Alexandria Avenue. I'm taking you to one of my favorite spots now to illustrate how a night out here compares to one back in Korea. Look diagonally across the street to your left. See the beige Spanish Revival building that looks a little like a fortress? That's Chapman Park Market. It was built nearly 100 years ago as a drive through grocery. Today, it's a hub of Koreatown nightlife. That's where we're going next. We're at the intersection of Alexandria and Six. From here, we want to end up on the corner diagonal from us by that two-story beige building featuring the red sake house sign. So you're going to have to cross both streets in whatever order makes sense with the lights. I'll meet you on the opposite corner. All right, you should now be on the opposite corner. With the two-story beige building on your right, walk up Alexandria Avenue with 6th Street behind you. When you get to the driveway, make a right. Be very careful and watch for cars exiting the driveway. As you make a right into the motor court, stay to your right and watch for traffic. See the first tree on your right? Stop next to it when you get there. Then, turn slightly to your left and look into the middle of the motor court. Look down at your phone now to see a picture of what this motor court looked like back in the 1920s. See the classic cars all lined up nicely in a row? A little different than today, right? When Chapman Park Market was built in 1929, the concept of a drive through market was new, novel, and instantly popular with wealthy families living in nearby neighborhoods. Almost a century ago, people would have driven their cars into one end, stopped and shopped at the meat market, the produce stand, or the dairy, and then exited out the other side. Today, this lot can hardly contain the number of visitors frequenting the mostly Korean-run establishments now lining the motor court. This spot has also become the hub for which many a wild night in Koreatown begins. Shh, don't tell my mom. See the tall green ficus tree ahead of you on the left in the middle of the motor court? Go ahead and walk towards it. Watch for cars as you cross the other side. Just beyond that tall green ficus tree is a short one-story restaurant called Tobang. Walk over to the brown awning under the Tobang sign. Stop and stand in front of the covered patio. I'll meet you there. You see, in Korea, going out for dinner and drinks with coworkers on a regular basis is a must because this type of informal bonding is thought to be very good for business. But Koreans just don't pick one place to meet and stay there for the evening. Are you standing outside the covered wooden patio below the sign for Tobang? Great. Turn around and look across the motor court to Kang Ho Dong Baekchung. It's a popular Korean barbecue restaurant. Don't see it there? That's probably because the sign is exclusively in Korean. But it's the restaurant in the middle with the tin rippled roof directly across the parking lot from you. A night on the town in Seoul, Korea is generally done in rounds or cha. So a centralized spot as this for socializing makes perfect sense for LA's Koreatown. Traditionally, the first round will include a full meal and usually lasts an hour or two. That restaurant across the motor court might be a good place to start the first round of a long Korean style evening of socializing. Turn around and look inside the window beneath the Tobang sign. This place is similar to a Korean style sujip. Typically, second rounds will take place at a sujip, the Korean equivalent of a bar with boots to accommodate large gatherings and a menu of smaller drinking snacks. Regardless of the number of rounds, an evening out in Seoul, Korea is guaranteed to include plenty of Korea's national drink, soju. Soju is a liquor containing ethanol and water and at about 20% alcohol. It's certainly strong enough to get you drunk in a very short period of time. Okay, turn around and face the motor court. Now, look to your left. 
See the arch leading out to the street? There's a menu posted on the wall to the right of that arch. See it? Walk over to that menu and stop when you get there. Many of the popular flavored varieties of soju taste a little like watered-down vodka, so you've got to be careful. After a night of rounds in Korea or LA's Koreatown, even the weakest of soju can sneak up on you. You should be standing in front of the large menu for Crab House on the wall. In the middle of the beverage column, you'll find a couple of options for soju. Before all of the flavored varieties like peach, blueberry, pomegranate, and pineapple offered here, there was a classic soju. And that original type of soju is actually stronger at 21% alcohol. My mom offers the classic soju at a restaurant down the street. Are you brave enough to try it? Turn to your right. See that covered walkway that leads back out to the street? Go ahead and walk through there. I remember spending lots of time at Chapman Park Market with my friends when I was in my early 20s. Replicating a Korean night out here in America helped to ease some of our han. When you get to 6th Street, make a left and walk to the corner of 6th and Canmore. I'm glad this place is still around so that now my son and his friends can experience something similar to a night out in Seoul, right here in the heart of Koreatown. You should be approaching the intersection of Kenmore Avenue when you have the walk signal cross Kenmore, and I will meet you on the other side. You should be on the other side of Kenmore Avenue. Keep walking in this direction. As a child in Korea, my family would often eat fish cakes, sausage, dumplings, skewered meat from food vendors that lined the street. But for me, there wasn't a place in Koreatown that came close to replicating the taste and the experience of stopping for street food, like in my home country. In the late 1940s, little orange tarp covered street bars catering to the working class popped up everywhere in Seoul. They offered a modest menu of grilled sparrow and soju and were called pojangmacha, which literally means tented wagon. By the 1970s, they expanded their menus to include beer and anju, which are any small dishes meant to accompany drinks. Look down at your phone now to see a modern-day picture of a row of pojang matcha lined up along the street in Korea. Today, there are more than 3,000 of these orange tented wagons serving small bites of food and drinks on the streets of Seoul. You should be approaching the intersection of Carolina Street. When you have the walk signal, cross Carolina, and I'll meet you on the other side. You should be on the other side of Carolina. Keep walking in this direction. While the pojang matcha menu has expanded, the interiors of those makeshift joints haven't changed much in more than 75 years. There is usually a very narrow counter surrounding a central cooking area where customers either stand or eat or pull up a small stool or wooden bench. Coming up on your left, after the gas station and the giant dumpster, will be a one-story red building. See it? Stop when you get there. I wanted to recreate the traditional Korean experience of eating at a pojang matcha here in this neighborhood. So in 1997, I opened my first restaurant. Stop here next to the red building and look up. Do you see a long rectangular mirror overhead? If you do, you're in the right spot. This is my restaurant, Dan Seongsa. Remember that name? 
Dansongsa was the last movie theater I went to with my best friend back in Seoul before being sent to live with my aunt in California. Now, because my restaurant is named after a movie theater, I commissioned an artist to create a mural featuring some of the biggest movie stars in Korea. I don't expect you to recognize any of these movie stars, but for me and my fellow Korean immigrants here, those familiar faces are bittersweet reminders of the home we left behind. Okay, let's walk in the same direction you were walking to the front of my restaurant. Make a left into the walkway and stop when you get to a painted set of wings on the wall to your left. Just beyond the wings is the front door to my restaurant. You can pause me if you want to take a selfie in front of the wings and share it on your social media. Then, just press play when you're ready to continue. Now, turn to face the parking lot. See the blue no parking area painted on the pavement in front of you? Walk to the far end of that no parking area and turn all the way around to face the building. Now, look up. See another long rectangular mirror above your head? Recognize anyone? That's North Korean leader Kim Jong-il on the left and the South Korean president Kim Dae-jung on the right. I opened this restaurant in the late 90s, so those were the leaders of North and South Korea back then. Most people recognize the face of Kim Jong-il before anyone else. So many assume upon first glance that this is a North Korean restaurant. It is not, but I included both leaders on this particular mural because Korea is my home country. And to me, that means the entire country will always be a part of me. Now, I want to give you the opportunity to experience my culture by tasting some of the Korean dishes my son and I talked about on this detour. Remember kimchi? Well, many modern Koreatown restaurants are using kimchi for more than just a panchan or side dish. You can try my kimchi pancake inside. Or order the classic soju my son Alec told you about earlier. If you don't want to go inside for something to eat or drink, simply stay out here and we'll say goodbye in this parking lot. But if you do decide to go inside, put me on pause. Walk inside and tell the host at the door that Detour sent you. Ask for a seat at one of the booths that surround the bar. Once you're settled in the booth, press play and I'll tell you what to do with that pen you purchased. Are you seated at one of the booths inside my mom's restaurant? Good. Look at the wooden walls that surround you. Over the years, my mom's customers have added their own personal touches to her restaurant with their signature or short message and pen on the wooden wall surrounding the booths. The kind of graffiti is not present in the traditional Korean pojang matcha in Seoul. But for me, it's a unique blending of my new American culture with my traditional Korean culture. So I went with it. Go ahead and write what you want on my wall when you're ready. Throughout this detour, we talked about Han a Korean word that's used to describe an angry feeling of being far from what you want. When I first arrived in America, all I wanted was to go back to Seoul. But after more than 30 years, I have built a life, had my kids, and made a new home for myself here. For me, this spot is the perfect blend of old world and new, 
It honors the taste and traditions of my home country right here in the heart of LA's very modern Koreatown. I am proud to share it with my customers, my community, and now with you. 안녕히 계세요. That's goodbye in Korean. Enjoy your meal.